0: Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She's Rochelle Learling. He is David Foster. What if there were a secret way to make better decisions? What if, like Morpheus, I told you that you could do something right now, which would increase your rate of progress, decrease the number of mistakes you made? Would you do it? See, the person who's most capable of fooling you and make you believe things that are just completely black and white wrong is you, not your co-founder, not that pain in the ass department head that tries to get you to believe all sorts of different shit that you really hate. Nothing compares to the damage that you can do to yourself. But if you develop a habit of looking for where you could be wrong, if you practice that habit and you can disconnect being wrong from your value as a person, you might just develop the superpower. Michelle, am I wrong about that?
1: Um, no, sounds actually amazing <laughs> like to have that pill. I'd <laughs> like to have it. But apart from that, yeah, I think, are we talking about being human again in business? Isn't this about like knowing when when to pull back and when to say sorry and when to, yeah, come in a different angle and, and, and admit that we don't know? That takes a lot of humility and self-awareness. So I'm excited about uh, talking about this one.
0: Well, let's not get too crazy and talk about being human. Like we don't don't want to shoot too far and be a complete failure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that when we, or when I have talked to people about this, I think it's good to understand like what's behind the whole idea of not wanting to be wrong. Right. And obviously some of it is ego. We talked about that in a, in a prior episode, and I would encourage people who have any interest at all, in how an ego affects an entrepreneur, to take a listen to that. But there's also a big piece of it that's primal wiring, right? What was less likely to kill us when we were earlier in evolution, we tended to do again and again, and that became right. And that's really what's going on, I think, at an unconscious level when we don't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like there's evidence of us being right in the past in a certain manner, a certain process, and thus we think we will be right again this time. Is that basically what you're saying?
0: Well, yes. Although one part is like if, if you eat the red berries, you die. So mm-hmm. all red berries are bad, right? So there's that kind of like extension, but also what you're talking about is like, I've been right in the past about certain things. So I must be right about other things.
1: Right, right. So it's like me applying my, my, well, me being right to different contexts.
0: Yes. And that's why we get, you know, movie stars talking about foreign policy <laughs> because yeah. they were right about their acting skills. So they must be right about these other things. Yeah. And that can be really, really dangerous, I think.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we kind of like come at this from a very different angle, like being right, being wrong, I think we should ask ourselves like, what are we trying to achieve here? Are we trying to achieve being right? Does it really matter if we're wrong? Or like, what are we trying to do here anyway? And I think then it comes down to it's not about us it's about the business about the results of that business and mm-hmm. surely nobody wants to look bad i mean it's not fun to have to admit that you're wrong and made some major mess up and maybe in some uh, circumstances but in the end it's not about us it's also not about us uh, i think we talked about this before and our idea being chosen like it's not about that either it's like in the end it's about the business results and if our decision was wrong and was hurting the business results, then we should be fair enough and and open enough and and vulnerable enough to say, hey, this is not serving the business and I should change that or we should look at that together.
0: Look at you going right for the jugular within 10 minutes. Oops! What's more important, being right or making a decision or being part of a successful venture? Yeah. Could not agree more. But this whole idea of like, you know, nobody wants to be wrong. I kind of want to take that apart a little bit. Because how can you develop a new skill if you don't at least admit that you don't know, if not being wrong, right? And what if being wrong was just normalized in your own head, much less in your own business? And there's much less resistance, if maybe even no resistance, to being wrong. Like, hey, I tried this, it didn't work, so now I'm going to try something else. That's an entirely different world. And this idea of looking for when you're wrong as a practice. It just makes your entire organization and your own internal organization work much better, I think.
1: Yeah, I love this idea of building that habit. But still, we have this interplay, I guess, with us wanting to be right at some point. Like, it's, there is the ego again, mm-hmm. <laughs> wanting mm-hmm. us to, to prove that our decisions were right and to keep that kind of like show that face and, and keep that authority that we once built. So, how do we build that habit while still feeling kind of like in control and confident? in that leadership position within our business?
0: Well, I think that there's a false connection between never being wrong and not having any authority. So if you started the business, if you're a majority shareholder, if you have a position where you've got more experience and the ability to make decisions about what the team does, that is entirely different than never admitting a mistake Mm. and never admitting a mistake to yourself. I've certainly worked with people who can turn mistakes into benefits or sort of like twist them into humble brags as opposed to, wow, I was off here and I was able to look at it in such a way that I learned something that I didn't know previously and made a better decision next time. And actually the faster you can do that, the faster you can recognize your own mistakes, the less intense and costly those mistakes become.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So then why do we resist the idea of needing, uh, being able to be wrong actually? Why do we not wanna go and build that habit most of the time?
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no one's given me the right reason answer for this. What would you say? <laughs> but you know, my thought is that it's, it's really just related to safety. Mm -hmm. that somebody in a management position or a leadership position thinks that if I admit that I'm wrong about something, then my position is no longer valid or I don't have the authority. Right. But what I'm trying to sell here, I guess, really in a way, and I, I do think that when I talk to people about this, I am truly selling it to them, is that if you build a culture, even within your work group, that failing and looking for failure or looking for mistakes that you personally have made is actually a strength, mm-hmm. then you're safe. Yeah, You know, and the other way to look at it is say, and sometimes this is almost like pinning something, somebody against the wall, where they have a difficult time with this idea of looking for where they're wrong, go back and say, okay, are you perfect? Yeah. If you're not, that necessarily means that you made some mistakes and that you were aware of them. We're not even talking about the mistakes that you've made that everyone else knows, but you don't. And yet here you are as owner of the business, the CTO, lead developer, whatever it is. And boy, you did that while making mistakes. And some of them, maybe even most of them, you're not even aware of. Mm. That, that's a certain level of safety. And I think it's also a false promise that if you can convince people around you that you're perfect, that you're more safe, I would actually say you're much less safe Oh, she thinks she's perfect.
1: Right. I actually think it can be very dangerous if you always need to be right and stay right. Like Even though you know that you're wrong and you're not Mm -hmm. willing to admit it to at least yourself, as you said, but also to the team, that can be super costly. I can imagine that there's a lot of business mistakes happening or course corrections happening because of wrong decisions. But then if we don't correct them, if we don't admit those wrong choices or bad ideas or bad decision making, then we end up with a bigger problem. It's harder to go back and change that. So it doesn't serve, especially the business, to keep something from everybody and to kind of like hold on to whatever you've said, because it looks good for you. And as you said, as a first point, like it's all about that authority that you think you have when you are right always. And it doesn't work that way. I think that's just literally the ego trying to protect you from not having that status anymore.
0: Yeah, I might judo that into it's you allowing the ego to have that much control. Mm. But there's another piece of it, and you sort of mentioned it there that it would that it it's very costly. yeah, It's very costly not to look for your mistakes on a regular basis and have them only become part of your consciousness when they're real problems. And if if you don't look for your mistakes and you only look for confirmation that you're right, you almost can't see, let's call them, alternative solutions Mm -hmm. right you can't see those things that might lead you to better conclusions or keep you out of the tar pit and that's really really expensive and so imagine imagine being an entrepreneur and there's this thing that you do that costs the business a lot of money and also limits how much money comes in yeah like, if you just take a f- purely financial play on it, what about not doing that anymore? <laughs> right? Like, what would it cost not to do that anymore? Right. I think that's a fairly significant thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Then we also have like an extra layer to this, I guess, because people listening would also maybe think about this say, like, yeah, I would like to admit some more, but... Because I can think of situations where there's, for instance, an investor involved, and they have certain like pressures put on you as one of the founders or leaders, and you just cannot kind of admits not going in the right direction because you know what will happen. How would you work on that? How would you tackle that?
0: I think that it's pretty common, especially when it comes to an early stage investor, if not a late stage investor, to know that the end result of what they're investing in is not what everybody is working on right now. It's necessarily going to change. And the reason it's going to change is because some of the assumptions and some of the directions that you're headed in are necessarily mistaken. Not that they're not the best idea at the time and not that they aren't useful in the first step, but you know, a friend of mine recently said the whole startup business with an investor is, look, I have a pretty decent idea. I've got people who believe in it. Give me a bunch of money and I'll call you back in a few years and tell you what we figured out. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's kind of the truth, right? And so, I think that relationship between the investor and the founder or the co-founders that expects perfection is in some ways a myth and you're not better off coming to the table on either side actually. and expecting an absence of mistakes. And if you don't expect an absence of mistakes, then looking for them actively and making that a habit and part of your personality makes those mistakes less serious Yeah, and makes reaching your goal much easier.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I agree you with that. did you say the same? Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to add that it has much to do with being reflective, reflective of what you're doing, yeah. what you're saying, and the actions and results of that. And being reflective is not just... Interesting. I think it really helps you to build this learning muscle within the company of like, if I say this and this happened, hmm, how can we do that next time? What's the best case scenario? How can we do this more efficiently or rather more smoothly? And I think that's something we all need in business in order to grow it, to scale it, but also to actually make the best decisions that work for everybody in this dynamic. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really serve you just to kind of like hold on to your thoughts, whether they're the right or wrong, and just kind of like push your way through with that because it will not end up being the best company could have been whilst you were being reflective and yeah, using that learning.
0: That's a really good point because people imitate their leader. Like it or not, that happens to a certain extent. And so if you don't question yourself and make that a normal thing in your business, the people who are working with you will not do that same thing. And that can be really, really dangerous. It can be an Enron kind of thing. Mm. And the other piece of it, in terms of example, is you don't know everything that's wrong with you. We sort of talked about this a few minutes ago. And just the fact that you don't know, that should really give you pause and also motivate you to continue to look and, as you said, with this self-aware type of perspective, ask questions. And ask questions in a way that allow the possibility that what you think are the assumptions underneath your conclusions may be mistakes and you're better off to do that.
1: Mhm. So actually if we were to handle this correctly and we were to think of the best best for the company and the best for the business results, we'd need to be wary of everything could be a mistake. Everything that we said or decided on could be potentially a mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we'd be double checking everything. We'd be asking for multiple opinions. We'd be looking at different views. We'd be looking into what the effects are, right? Of everything that's happening. So it would give you a completely different way of leading a business. And I think that's, that's very, very healthy. And I guess it's more sustainable for sure.
0: It's more sustainable, I think, because you're making smaller bets. Mm. You're making smaller, more frequent bets. And dare I say it, there's some cooperation, collaboration involved in that, right? Because I want to say that it was the New Yorker, they had an article where they they came out and they said, reasonable people can be completely irrational about certain things. And simultaneously think that they're reasonable. Mm. And so if we look at that and say, If we're talking to somebody and we say look this is a really reasonable solution well is it like maybe it is and maybe it is the best solution and maybe it will work but if we don't allow room for that introspection and that room for us to question what we're concluding what we've decided what we believe in that's where mistakes happen and Mm -hmm. all you have to do is look back on something that you're willing to call a mistake, how did that happen? If you would ask some of those questions, would it be less likely to happen? The answer is invariably yes.
1: Yeah. Because at least you'd be open to the idea that you could be wrong all the time, Mm -hmm. which makes you, I guess, double check things and ask more and be more certain of things that you're saying. And also admit maybe that you're not quite sure if this will work out i think that also apart from what you said of like people follow the leader you you said you said an example mm-hmm. You also have the second part of like building trust and credibility. And if you Mm -hmm. can admit that you can be right on this or you can be wrong or you actually made that mistake, I think that's very, very beneficial to the credibility that you have with anybody who you're working with, whether it's your team or your business partners or Mm -hmm. your investors. Mm -hmm. Like Showing that you're human, but also kind of like, I'm doing the best I can, like everybody else is doing here. But this is new territory for us.
0: That credibility is very important. And one way to get credibility... Is to be able to understand and articulate the other choices, mm. even if you don't agree with them, even if you completely hate them, you know, immersing yourself in that logic, even just temporarily to fully understand it, you always learn something from doing that, right? And you want that credibility, not only with others, but with yourself. Mm. It's not enough to say, well, I just feel, you know, I just know, okay, maybe how often do you just know? (laughs) (laughs) And how much of that is uh, almost like an excuse for not digging deeper? Yeah. You know, a real test of this, I think is when someone else is, you think someone else is wrong about you being wrong, right? They come to you, you know, boss, I just think that this program is not going to work for these reasons. And you quote unquote, just know that they're wrong. You know, what, what do you do there? I mean, obviously what you do is you fire them and then you tell the whole story to people that, you know, are willing to listen. And then you put the whole thing on social media to embarrass them. Like that's obviously the right thing to do in that situation.
1: (laughs) Well, we've seen examples of that.
0: Yes. Yes. We see examples of that every day, but In all sincerity, I think the right way to go through that situation is the same way you go through the situation with yourself. And especially if this is somebody who is less experienced, younger, they report to you, et cetera, et cetera, help walk them through some questions. And if it does turn out that the two of you conclude that they were wrong about you being wrong, make that okay. Like make that very okay. Make the learning and the journey and the idea that, okay, we came up with a better understanding, make that be the goal. Not that they were facing in the wrong direction to begin with.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I like that. And basically what you're saying, if I were to summarize that in my words, is you're not putting them on the spot for being wrong about you being right. It's not about that. Rather, it's about seeking an understanding or a mutual place of common ground of, okay, I think we misunderstood each other here. This is what I meant. This is what actually happened. These are the numbers and and thus that backs up my stuff. But it's not about me being right or you being wrong or vice versa. It's rather about we're again here to serve one big mutual purpose. And that's the business results and, and driving it forward. So don't worry about it, but let's look at this for the future. How can we avoid these situations? And is there anything we miss in our communication or anything that I'm missing here in terms of evidence? But I would say stay friendly and think long term because... This is not meant to be like a personal attack, right? It's rather about understanding how we can work, to be, uh, work together better and, and make sure things go smoother in the process.
0: I would agree with that. And I also think that asking questions is usually a safe way to start this process. If you're talking to somebody who has a decent job, gets to work every day, can dress and feed themselves and is you know more or less generally competent, the most intelligent question to ask with real curiosity. Can you help me understand how you got to that conclusion? Right. What are you looking at? What does it look like to you? Because you are not that other person. And there's no possible way that that person, no matter how young, inexperienced, fill in the blank that person is, there's no possible way that that person doesn't have something that you can learn from. Mm Not only that, you're helping how the company works at the same time. Now, I'm not talking about throwing everything out and no standards and letting air traffic controllers, you know, scroll through Facebook while they're trying to get jetliners on the ground. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about developing a habit that reflects the reality that none of us are perfect. And I guarantee you, after they edit this episode and I listen to it, I'm going to say that was a mistake for me to say that, or I miss this piece or or something like that. It has to be a habit because that's the only way you can do better.
1: Mm-hmm. And grow mm-hmm. simply. But like one thought that came in my head while we were talking is it might seem like a very long and slow process to address. And I would say attack the business in this manner with double checking, with reflecting, with learning, with, you know, like asking more questions. It sounds very like slow. But just to add to that thought, I guess, yes, it might be slower. It it might take longer to get to decisions or, yeah, having another thought about it. But at least you can actually avoid costly mistakes. I think that is way worth it.
0: Shout out to one of my first assistants, Danny. Thank you for all the life advice over the years. He always used to say, there's never time to do it right, but there's always time to do it again. And that's in some ways exactly what you're saying. Maybe it's slightly slower right? Like maybe it's slightly slower to take a few minutes and think, huh, where could I be wrong about this? Or look what I've done. Where is my mistake? Even though I don't see it right away, but over a longer beat of time, even just a day, if you make fewer costly mistakes, and that's really what we're talking about here, the benefit of it, are you further along at the end of the day, even though those some of those decisions took you just slightly longer to reach?
1: Yeah. In the end, this is what matters. It's making the right decisions and pivoting where needed and making the tweaks needed and It's all human, like business is human. And yeah, I think taking just a bit longer to discuss things or reflect on things will actually make things more healthy and make sure that we aren't missing anything specific. And as you said, building that habit itself will make you look Mm -hmm. out for different alternative views and ideas and potential things that you're missing just because you're aware Mm -hmm. of the fact that you cannot be always right about this.
0: Right, right. And that is the promise that Morpheus wants to make with the superpower. Better decisions, better example at work, being able to see more options, and, well, the reverse of the first thing, fewer bad decisions. That's it. So what do we want to leave people with? Awareness, asking questions of themselves, their assumptions, why do I believe this, taking time, and being able to understand the options that you either don't agree with or don't take. Did I miss anything?
1: No, I don't think so. Just the part of not being wrong and somebody thinking that you're wrong, like coming at that from a very curious angle, as you said, like understanding what their understanding is and seeing if you can find the mutual ground again. Yeah, I think of this as like... A business mission and not you being right because it's you. This isn't about you and your ego. This is very much about moving the business in the right manner and admitting that you cannot know everything, especially not in a new business, in a new industry. That's what's part of business, I would say.
0: And that would be okay. That would be really okay. So dear listener, we really want you to have this superpower. And the beauty of this is that you can decide to do something like this right now and it is not a one-way door it's not like a huge intervention it's just slight changes over time that produce really good permanent results
1: yeah good luck and and try out this training with yourself and start small weekly reviews what happened what do we do what can we improve is there anything and just build this up it will become a habit
0: yes totally agree that's it for this week thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time
1: Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experienced guidance and support, contact David on davidafoster.com.
0: And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com.
1: You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.